Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to hit the follow button. Also, give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, I am Sarah, and I'm here with my lovely host, Lisa. We just want to wish you guys a happy new year, and we are so glad you're here joining us today. So the month of January, we celebrate a few different awareness causes, stalking, human trafficking, and the cause that we will be talking about today is Positive Parenting Awareness Month, as well as the program that we use here at Live Violence Free, also known as Triple P. Triple P is an evidence-based parenting program. It aims to teach parents and caregivers how to raise their children and teenagers in a safe, loving, and predictable environment. The Triple P model can not only help to curb instances of child abuse, but it can also greatly help parents or caregivers who may feel that they are at their wit's end or underconfident. Today, we are going to talk about what goes into positive parenting and why it's such an effective method. Shout out to the Triple P website for the information on this program we will be sharing out today. Yeah, and the first thing that jumped out to me when I was, you know, doing the research on Triple P is that this has been used in 30 countries around the world. So, I mean, it's designed to be adaptable to different cultures, identities, family dynamics, So the Triple P, or Positive Parenting Program, the research for this began in Australia at the University of Queensland's Parenting and Family Support Center. The director and professor, Matt Saunders, is regarded as one of the world's leading experts on parenting. And this parenting model is backed by over 35 years of research with more than 650 international trials. And that's important because I feel like today there's so many resources and outlets to share all types of information, especially regarding parenting. But it's not always known whether or not that information is based in fact or backed by research to prove that it's effective. Uh, And I'm definitely one of those people like, I want to see the receipts. I want to know the proof. (laughs) I want to see the research that's been done. So knowing that there's been worldwide research, uh, evaluation studies, and controlled trials, this all made my research-driven heart very happy and happy that we're talking about this today. Yeah, there's been a lot of research done on this program and also a lot of flexibility that sets Triple P apart from the other parenting programs. So let's go into some of those considerations. The first is the age range and special circumstances. The program is for parents or caregivers with babies all the way up to those with teenagers. There's different Triple P programs that are designed for different situations. So children that may have special needs, children with height or weight concerns, parents or caregivers that are going through separation or divorce, or for Indigenous families with cultural considerations. So there really is a program for anybody that is going through Mm -hmm. any sort of different situation, which is great. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all program. Another consideration is this parenting model has a multi-level approach that is the only one of its kind. It offers programs with increasing intensity that cater to different levels of family dynamics or dysfunction. It ranges from a light touch approach to a highly targeted intervention for at-risk families. There's also different seminars. You can attend groups. The programs can be done individually, um, really whatever you're going to need at the time. 
Lastly, there's many different people that can be trained to deliver this information. Parents or caregivers can take the classes on their own or study online, but outside of parents learning on their own, this information can be delivered through family support workers, doctors and nurses, teachers, law enforcement, and many, many more. So they really catered this program to be deliverable, and they also provide comprehensive resources that have been clinically tested, and they're available in 23 different languages, which I think is great because if you are doing a parenting program, the last thing you, I feel like someone needs to worry about is if they're really able to process and understand the information. I mean, I only speak Mm -hmm. English. I tried to take foreign language in high school. It did not work whatsoever. So I can't imagine someone trying to learn something like a parenting class in a language that could be their second or third language. If we just have it in their primary language, it's got to be so much easier and the results would be so much better. Yeah, just so much more accessible. So we really love all the research that's gone into this. And again, those cultural, those linguistic considerations. I mean, that's that's really huge. Um, so they've done, you know, just a really amazing job making sure this parenting model is all of those things, right? Culturally competent, accessible. And it also gives parents and caregivers the skills necessary to deal with issues independently. So kind of without the the help, right, of those providers that could be teaching them this information, they can feel confident to parent on their own. So what are the key elements of the Triple P? Overall, the Triple P model aims to have parents fulfill their child's needs through positive interaction and reinforcement. This model highlights the importance of not just reprimanding kids once they've done something wrong, but acknowledging what they're doing right. An article published by CNBC last year on the Triple P addressed how some parents find this method maybe too coddling, um, too fluffy, maybe saying it won't teach kids how to respond or interpret negative emotions. But psychologists have actually dismissed the theory, saying that the positive parenting promotes a child's confidence, it nurtures their creativity, their ability to get along with others, and it also gives them the tools to make good choices. So there's five core elements to providing this positive parenting style. So we are going to jump in. The first element is spending one-on-one time. So this is having regular quality time. Even if it's only 10 to 15 minutes of individual quality time, this is one of the best things you can do to help a child's self-confidence, healthy relationship learning. I mean, and our long-term listeners know We're all about young people learning Mm -hmm. the importance of healthy relationships. So that's a big one. Um, And I like that it also kind of mentions it only needs to be around like 10 to 15 minutes if that's all you have, right? I know there's a lot of parents out there that have multiple children. And so giving individual time one-on-one might seem like a tall order. But yeah, if it's only 10 to 15 minutes, I think that makes it a lot more manageable. So kids model our behavior, So that one-on-one time is so crucial to not only building that deeper relationship with them, but also having time for them to learn through our behavior. And I mean, we're human, right? Like even as parents, there's going to be moments of you lose your cool. But think about like what a great teachable moment that is to apologize and model Mm -hmm. how that can be rectified, right? Like that is really impactful for kids. And since kids need that emotional connection, this one-on-one time is so important 
That way they're not seeking out attention in negative ways, right? Like having a meltdown or acting out to get your attention. I'm not a parent, but I've seen uh, many of my close friends and family, you know, if they have their own kids. And I've seen that in real time, right? If that child starts to feel like they want mom or dad's attention, it's so common. Maybe they're throwing stuff around, right? They're making a mess. They're getting any negative attention just to kind of get the attention of their parents. So again, that number one, spending one-on-one time, I think is a great way to kind of curb some of those behaviors as well as building those relationships. Yeah. If a kid wants attention, they're going to figure out how they can get that attention. And if you're spending Mm -hmm. that one-on-one time with the kid, then they'll, they'll be able to expect that and know it's coming. Yeah. So we also talk about saying no to rewards. We have linked some studies below that show kids who are rewarded frequently are likely to lose interest in the activity that they are being rewarded for. The child is likely to be more interested in the reward itself. So you will have to constantly reward them to keep up that behavior. Encouragement is going to be the alternative and positive parenting, but it's encouraging the specific act or behaviors instead of their character or personality. For instance, if your child helps a friend pick up their toys instead of saying, you're so sweet, point out what they did right by saying something like, that was very nice of you to help your friend pick up those toys. Mm -hmm. By pointing out specific things that you can encourage, this gives your child a very clear message on what is expected of them in the future and what kind of behavior will bring them praise. Also, another element would be setting when then rules. This is all about providing clear expectations, which is a key element in positive parenting. Kids can be challenging when it comes to routines or doing things they don't want to do, like clean their room or brush their teeth. Mm -hmm. As a parent, if you cave quickly when your child begins to melt down and you let them do what they want instead of what they need to be doing, this is going to lead to a power struggle and a lot of frustration for the parent. Yeah. And they're also going to learn that if I just put up a fight or dig in my heels, I'm not going to have to do mm-hmm. what my parent is asking me. Following through is really important. Right. So explaining to your child that when the less favorable activity is done, then they can go about doing things that they enjoy. Over time, the child will learn to do their routine on their own without you having to ask repeatedly or hover to get them through it. So it's just about that consistency and follow through as well. Yeah, consistency is so key. And again, not a parent, but I'm surrounded by parents in my life. Um, And I've also worked with kids extensively. And I will say that routine is so essential for kids. And I mean, honestly, they like they crave routine. A lot of kids would pretend or put up a fight about it at times, you know, pretend that they don't want a routine. But it's it's really in their nature. And it's something so good for kids, right? I think there's a lot of self-confidence building in that like it's it's a fulfilling thing right when a kid does something on their own they, they do something that's expected of them and they get that praise for it but that when then rule is such a good consideration for teaching kids that routine um and also again getting the praise because yeah kids love hearing how good of a job they did mm-hmm. so really good element there the next is saying yes to appropriate consequences Consequences for kids create learning opportunities for the future. The consequence, though, it needs to be fair and introduced in advance. That way, the child makes the choice to either follow the rule or face the consequence on their own. And also, you need to make sure that the child is actually capable of the expected behavior you're asking of them. So if you're asking your child to do something that's out of their 
developmental level uh, and then punishing them for not being able to do it, uh, this is a recipe for just undermining their self-confidence. So when you state a consequence to an action, explain it beyond because I said so. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've heard that so much, (laughs) you know, like a lot of parents are just, you're going to do this because I said so. Uh, And not shaming anybody, not saying it's absolutely wrong, but just according to this model, you know, you want to actually tell your child in a way they understand why they need to follow that rule or behavior, because then they're a lot more likely, if they understand it, to go about that action, right? Or follow those rules. I also think that um, making sure that it's something that the child can do is so important. Yeah. Because if you're asking a child to do something that they can't do, and you're saying, if you don't do this, then you're going to get this consequence, then, Mm -hmm. and they can't do it, it can be really frustrating for the child, because it's not something they can do. And they know if they don't do it, they're going to get a consequence. And because you're being consistent as a parent, they know it's going to happen. And if they throw a fit, that's not going to do anything. Exactly. It's like setting them up for failure almost, you know, and that's just not a not a place I think, you know, a parent wants to be in with their child. So the last element is focusing on what you can control. In a world where we have no control over others behavior majority of the time, we do have a control over our response to it. So responding to a child's behavior with positive and clear expectations, it's going to help them take on their own responsibilities. And it's also going to help you respond in a way that's not out of frustration or anger. If you're getting frustrated over your child not completing a task that's expected of them, like we were just kind of talking about, help them find ways to remember to do that task and, you know, how to follow through with that. Maybe making visual cues for them, right? To put up a little post-it and a little reminder that, hey, you need to clean your room up or, hey, you need to put your shoes away. And just talk to them about it, right? Like, why is this important? Explain it in a clear way and impose the natural consequences when necessary. Uh, But I think all of these things, it really speaks to, again, like building that confidence, um, having kids learn to do things on their own. Because I think as parents, if, you know, everything is going to be given to that child, or if, you know, the parent's going to take on every role, maybe not give that child responsibility of their own, you know, those are, I think, huge learning lessons and huge life lessons that those kids are missing out on. And that could be really unfortunate down the line for them. And we know that some of these things can sound easier said than done, especially in times when a child is tired or frustrated, or even maybe you yourself are tired and frustrated. Mm-hmm. The important thing is just to keep putting these elements into practice. Keep up with that consistency. There are triple P classes that can be helpful tools for parents to learn individually or even learn from other parents and what their struggles are. There are plenty of resources available to learn more and help you navigate even the trickiest moments with your child. So please don't feel embarrassed and reach out and learn more. Parenting is one of the hardest, if not the hardest jobs in the world. Yeah, no, I seriously commend all the parents out there who are building a positive environment for their kids. Again, I see so many people around me, close friends, uh, they're parenting young kids. And I commend the life-changing amount of effort, patience, energy that they put forward to do the best for their kids. It's, It's honestly monumental, the amount of work, energy that they put in. But with that being said, uh, today for our meditation, 
And this is going to be for parents, but also it can be for anybody who could use a little moment of chill. But today, again, we want to focus on those parents out there who are doing the most and spending all that energy and may need this little moment of zen. And so if you're available to take on this meditation at this time, I just encourage you find a comfortable seated position As you are relaxing into this comfortable position, I just want you to start taking nice deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Start to allow your muscles to just relax one by one. And scan your body for any stress. Are you holding tension anywhere in your shoulders, in your neck, in your back? See if some of those deep cleansing breaths can just send some oxygen and some relaxation to those spaces that need it. You can either gently close your eyes or find a point in the room to focus on. Start to find a rhythm with your inhales and your exhales. You can even count in your head, make your inhales the same length as your exhales. Really get into a flow with your breathing. Allow any thoughts to come up and pass without changing them, without controlling them. Simply let them be. Notice your breathing in the rise and fall of your chest. Tap in and really feel the sensation of your breath moving through your body. Is your breathing short or sharp? Is it calm, slow, or relaxed? And place no judgment on your breath or your mood at this time. Simply acknowledge it. Take a moment to acknowledge the things you've done to better your children, your family, your loved ones. Think about the love you bring to those around you. Take a few deep breaths while you celebrate all you do. Acknowledge sacrifices you make, the patience you have, any victory, no matter how big or how small, This moment is for celebrating yourself. Breathe deeply and just build that positive energy around you. On your next inhale, I want you to take a deep breath in, breathe in some self-compassion. 
and exhale any stress you have. One last big breath in, release, fill your lungs and a big exhale out. And at this time, you can go back to your normal breathing. Start to wake your body up slowly, move around a bit. And I hope that meditation was just a nice little moment of zen for any of the listeners out there that may have needed it. Yes, that was very nice. Thank you, Lisa. So as a Triple P practitioner, one of the things that we really want to focus on is just having more tools in your parenting toolbox. Mm -hmm. Some things may work for you, some things may not work for you, but the more tools you have, the better equipped you can be to handle any sort of parenting situation that you may come up through. And it may take practice, it may take time. I know we talked about really pointing out the behavior that the child is doing, like with helping their Mm -hmm. friend pick up the toys. That can feel very tedious. It's like, oh, thanks, Lisa, for helping your friend pick up their toys. Instead of just (laughs) saying, thanks, Lisa. Like it can be, it can take a lot of focus and it can feel like more time, but those things can really, really help your children. Absolutely. Kids are such little sponges. Um, And if, yeah, you're consistent and they understand that, again, certain behaviors are like good and they know the reason why it's good beyond just like you're a good little boy or a good little girl. Like, no, I'm I'm good for helping because helping is really nice to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that those are just, again, such important life lessons for kids. And the more that we model it as tough as it could be, the more that they are really going to adopt those behaviors and do those things that, yeah, we may really want our kids to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, definitely parenting. Whew, I, I have a huge round of applause for the parents out there. Um, they are just really doing the most. And I also want to say, too, like if you're out there listening and you're a parent and maybe you had no idea about the triple P model before this episode you're listening to, no matter what you're doing as a parent, as long as you're providing a child a loving space with their you know, basic needs and their emotional needs, you're doing an awesome job. Mm -hmm. So like, there's absolutely like no shame if you aren't doing this positive parenting model. It's not like that at all. We were just hoping that, yeah, by sharing this, like maybe there are some parents out there that just would feel a little bit more confident if they had Mm -hmm. a few more tools in the toolkit. We're just really hoping that this can be helpful, be of assistance out there. So we have so many resources and materials below so you can learn everything there is to know about the Triple P program. There's specific information also about positive parenting during these COVID times. And I know, you know, COVID's kind of shifted a little bit. We're no longer in that like lockdown phase, but there can still be a lot of difficulties out there um, still regarding COVID. So some specific information on that. Um, There's also information about how you can acknowledge and celebrate Positive Parenting Awareness Month in your own community. If you want to check that out, there's a full toolkits. Um, there's proclamations if this is something you would like to see in your community and practice more often. So I just want to thank my co-host Sarah for this talk today for being amazing. And a huge thank you to our amazing listeners out there. And we hope you'll join us for our next conversation.